Do you feel the world is broken? We do Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do But do you know that all the dark will stop The light from getting new? We do Do you wish that you could see it all made creation groaning it is is a new creation coming is is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst it is is it good that we remind ourselves of this it is For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in manger. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the sky With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. High the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Could it really be? Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us.
things in her heart. This baby baby was born to die for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. This is the story of Christmas that God in that God in his mercy made a way to restore what was lost. He allowed his own son to come and pay the price for our rebellion. His perfect gift bought our freedom from the sin we had chosen. This is good news, the glad tidings of great joy, which are for all people. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Emmanuel. God with us. Born is the King of Israel. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The light of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is here, is born, and the Lamb who died, who ransomed the slave. Is it worthy? Is it worthy? Blessed and honor and glory. 
Kids, let's give them a hand one more time. Hello. 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 Thank you, kids, for the Merry Christmas greetings from uh, from all of you at Bridge Kids. Um, we're gonna dismiss the kids for uh, Bridge Kids movie time. Uh, if you're here for the first time and you have kids uh, age three to eleven, uh, you're welcome to come and join the rest of the kids for. What is normally Bridge Kids classes, but because there's no school today, we're going to have Bridge Kids movie time in the back, um, age 3 to 11. And uh, just before they go, we're going to pray for all of you children. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for our children. Thank you for blessing uh, us, Lord, uh, here at the church by reminding us, Lord, uh, what um, trusting hearts, Lord, our children have in us. Lord, thank you for reminding us for that we need to place our trust in you as well. And we thank you for all the um, volunteers and teachers and people who are helping out with Bridge Kids. And Lord, we pray that each day, Lord, that they would discover you more, uh, whether it's through the birth of Christ today or how you, uh, your faith, your mercy is new for them every morning. And so we entrust them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to invite um, the rest of us to just turn uh, to the people next to you and, and greet each other while the kids are uh, making their way out.
Good morning, everyone. The kids did great, didn't they? It's really fun to see them up here. Here at the bridge, we believe that God hears prayer and God answers prayer, and he wants us to be a church that prays. And so we're going to have a time of prayer right now. I'm going to lead it from up here, and I invite you to join me as we pray. Father, we thank you for today, for this chance to gather together with your people to praise you and worship you. We thank you for the kids and what an awesome job they did sharing the story of Christmas with us. And thank you for all of the adults who put in so much time and effort and work to to put that together, God. We pray for our neighborhood during this season, God. As kids are on holiday, we pray for parents that you would give them um, energy and joy and patience as they have extra time with their kids, but that this would be an awesome time of being able to connect as families, to grow in relationships with one another. Father, we pray for, um, for our, our city as things begin to open up, God. We pray that you would be um, helping our city to be able to grow um, economically through this time, that people would be able to um, get jobs again if they haven't been able to have them recently, that you'd be providing for people. Um, and that, yeah, that people who haven't been able to see family for a long time would be able to reconnect with their family around them as well. Father, I pray for us as a church community that you would help us to love one another, that you would help us to get to know one another, that you would help us to uh, be able to see the needs that one another has and to be able to um, step out and, and serve one another and love one another by providing for one another's needs. I pray that you would make us a church that that loves one another in a way that's different from how the world around us loves one another, and that that would be something that is visible to the world around us and helps them have a desire to know you and follow you because they see something different in us. God, I pray for the rest of our time together today that you would be honored through it, that your name would be lifted high. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite Daniel to come on up and do the scripture reading for today's sermon. Good morning, church. Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Daniel, good morning, everyone. I want to take a couple minutes today and talk with us about why we need Christmas. And to talk about this, I want to start with something from the kids' play that one of the shepherds said. They said, sometimes things don't go the way they're supposed to in life. Sometimes it's easy to feel so broken and wonder if, things, if there's any way for things to get any better. I think one thing that pretty much everyone in the world can agree about right now is that things are not the way they should be. 
right? Everyone has a different idea of how things should be and, and why things are not the way they should be. But everyone agrees things are not the way they should be. The rich are upset because the government takes away so much of my money through taxes to give it to poor people. And the poor are upset because the system is rigged against me and there's no way I can ever get out of my poverty. If you look at back in the States where I grew up, the, the conservatives are so upset about the liberal agenda and how it's corrupting the children. And the liberals are so upset about how society is still not equal. We still haven't fixed all of the problems in the world and there's still so much work to do. Everywhere you look, the powerful, they use their power to, to crush their opponents and to keep their lofty positions. And the weak, they're like, we know what to do about this. We just need to get them out of power so we can be in power instead. But if you stop and think about that, does that actually fix the problem? Or does it just create a new set of problems with a different group in power and a different group being oppressed? It, it, it just transfers the balance of power so a different group gets to be in control and a different group gets to suffer. The world isn't the way it's supposed to be. We all agree on that. We might disagree on the solutions, but, but figuring out how to get it back to where it's supposed to be it's not an easy problem to solve. And that's why we need Christmas, which may seem like a big jump, but I'll explain it in a minute. But what we're gonna see today is that Christmas heals the brokenness of the world. Christmas heals the brokenness of the world. And we're gonna just look at two things. What is Christmas and how do you make Christmas yours? But first, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the kids and for the um, exciting time to, to hear them share the story of Christmas. And I pray that you'd be with us as we look at why we need Christmas right now, that you'd be speaking to us and helping us to understand your word. And in Jesus' name, amen. So this problem we've just been describing, the fact that things aren't the way they're supposed to be, Christmas is God's solution to that problem. It's God himself stepping in to fix the brokenness of our world. Like you and I, we cannot solve it. You know why not? Because we're also the cause of it, right? Whether you're someone who would typically be classified as the privileged or the oppressed, whether you're one of the rich or one of the poor, whether you're the powerful or the weak, it, it doesn't matter. On some level, we're all part of the problem. In those moments where you're able to be really honest with yourself about yourself and the world, I think most, if not all of us, would have to admit we don't actually want true equality in the world. We might want things to be a little more equal than they are right now, but we don't really want everything to be equal because we want to be a, a little bit ahead of everyone else. Right? Like we don't want the wealth gap in the world that there is right now, but we still want to have a little more money than all the people around us. We still want to have a, a little more power than all the people around us. We still want to be a, a little more liked and respected than all the people around us. And if we have to lie to make a little more money so we can be ahead, why not? If, if passing on a rumor about a coworker is gonna make our boss like us more so that we have a better chance at a promotion, why wouldn't you do that? 
if cheating on the test at school is going to get me a better grade than my classmates, tell me how to do it, right? We're all willing to do things, some bigger, some smaller, but things that disadvantage others so that we can get ahead. That's just part of universally all of us do it, part of the human experience. We disadvantage other people so we can advantage ourselves and we can get ahead. And anytime we do that, we're showing we don't want true equality in the world. We don't want everyone to get exactly what they deserve. We want to make sure we always stay ahead. And when we do this, we're contributing to the brokenness of the world. We're adding to the problem. We're making it worse. We are part of the problem. And as long as we have this attitude that's primarily oriented towards self-advancement, we can see that there's a problem in the world. We can talk about solutions to the problem, but we're not actually making any progress in fixing that problem because any solutions we come up with might make things better for some people, but they're going to make it worse for other people so that they can be better for us. Which is what makes Christmas so shocking. Our passage that Daniel just read starts out by saying, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Now this passage, it comes from the book of Isaiah and it's happening at a time when the the Israelites, technically it's the southern nation of Judah, they can feel the world is not supposed to be. The world is not the way it's supposed to be. They were being invaded by two foreign armies that were at the gates, ready to attack them. They were facing a direct threat on their lives and their freedom. Things, it would be hard for them to get worse. And in the midst of this, God has sent Isaiah the prophet to the king with a message. And the message said, don't worry about this. I'll protect you. I'll keep you safe. Just relax. It's going to be okay. Now, how would you feel if you were in that situation? You're the king of a nation. The enemies are at the gates. They're bigger than you. They're stronger than you. And someone shows up and is like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's all going to be okay. Would you just relax and go turn on a TV show and hang out with your friends and sleep calmly that night? Or would you look out and be like, what are you talking about? They're still right there. This is not going to end well. And so rather than trust God and relax, this nation, what they did is they looked for ways to get stronger. They found another country, the the biggest and strongest country in the world of their day, and sent a message saying, can you please form an alliance with us? Go and attack these guys who are attacking us so they'll leave us alone and we can be saved. Rather than trusting God to fix the problem for them, they decide we're going to take things into our own hands. We're going to shift the balance of power into our own favor. And God tells them, okay, because you ignored me, I'm going to send judgment on your land. It's going to be tough, but the judgment won't last forever. I'm going to bring a new dawn. I'm going to bring a new day to my people. And in this big shocking twist, which we see in these verses we just read, God's not going to bring this new dawn and this new hope to his people through huge conquering armies and shows of strength. He's going to do it through a baby to us 
a child is born. To us, a son is given. It's a weak, powerless, poor, unable to feed itself or dress itself baby. God brings this healing to the world in the last way that anyone would ever expect. And on Christmas Day, that that baby was born. On Christmas Day, God, the creator of everything that exists, became human. But he didn't come down in a palace as a king on a throne. He didn't come down demanding respect and pushing himself forward. He came as a poor baby who couldn't even get a spot in an inn, had to be born with the animals. And this passage tells us several things about who this baby would be. We see four different names that this baby will have from this passage. And I want us to just take a minute to think about each of them and how through this baby, God himself addresses the problems of our world. First, it says that he will be called the wonderful counselor. We have already admitted, we don't know the answers to the problems of the world. Anything we come up with doesn't really fix things. It might make them better for us, but it's not really gonna fix it. We can't come up with that solution. And when we live in a broken world where no one knows the answers, we don't know how to get it better, we end up stressed out, we end up anxious, we end up afraid, we might end up depressed, we might end up hopeless. We need someone wiser than us who can come in and teach us how to live properly. We need someone to show us ways to live that actually make the world a better place. We need someone to show us how to handle the brokenness of the world around us while we wait for that better future. And the baby born on Christmas is born to be this counselor. Second, he is the mighty God. In this world, the strong oppress the weak over and over and over. I was listening to a podcast this week that was talking about the music industry. And they said over the past few decades, the music industry has grown and grown and grown. I think it's like a 40 billion US dollar industry now. And the artists, the musicians who are making the music aren't getting any more of that money than they used to. You know why? because the music production companies have all the power in the industry and they know how to work the system so they can always stay ahead and they can be the ones making all the money. So when Spotify started, you know, revolutionary new streaming platform, it's gonna transform the industry. You know what the big music production companies did? They went to Spotify and they said, we're gonna cut you a great deal. We're gonna charge you, sign a contract that's gonna charge tiny, tiny amounts of money for each time someone plays a song. And in exchange, we're gonna get a special price from you when you go public on buying in as owners of your company. So they've cut down the cost that the company needs to pay so they can maximize profits. They've cut down the amount that they need to share with the artists. And then they've made themselves the owners so that they can reap all of those profits that are coming in from this contract they've signed. And not only that, but by paying everyone tiny amounts of money per, per song that's played on there, they're forcing all these independent artists to go sign contracts with them because you can't make it as an independent artist 
playing on Spotify. They've rigged the system so they can keep themselves ahead. They're evil geniuses. And that's one instance of how the strong oppressing the weak plays out in one industry, but it happens in every industry, in every company, in every country, all around the world, the strong oppress the weak. The system is broken. We need someone bigger and stronger than the strongest powers on earth if we're ever gonna have any hope of things being right. But the baby born on Christmas is the mighty God. It may not look like it. He's just a poor, small baby with some animals around him. But he has the power to make things right in the world. Next, he's the everlasting father. I was listening to a talk recently and the guy said, we all know cities are full of poverty, but the greatest poverty in any city is the poverty of connections. Our world, it's increasingly disconnected. It's increasingly impersonal. We have different problems and there are resources out there that could help us with them, but we don't know how to access those resources because we don't have the right connections. We need someone who knows us deeply, personally, who knows us as individuals, who cares for us, who's connected to us. And this baby born on Christmas is an everlasting father. Someone who knows us deeply and intimately and cares for us and provides for us and he lasts forever. He never stops caring for us. He never stops providing for us. The goodness he brings never ends. And then fourth, he's the prince of peace. We're told in verse seven, there will be no end to the increase of, of his power and his government and his peace. Now we're all aware of, of powers and governments in the world that want to expand their government and who we look at and we say, please no, like Putin. Right? Putin, we all know, wants to expand his power. He wants to take over Ukraine and he wants to have peace in Ukraine, right? But the peace that he wants in Ukraine is the peace that comes from killing all the opposition or threatening them into silence. And in a broken world, it can be so easy for us to think that's the only way a government can keep growing and growing and growing and really have peace. Just take anyone who stands in our way and shoot them and keep doing that until no one else is willing to stand in our way. But that's not what the kingdom this baby will bring will be like. We're told in verse seven that peace will be continually increasing in this kingdom. And in the Hebrew mindset, the word peace meant something a little bit different than it means in English, right? In English, if you have the absence of conflict, you have peace. If you can scare everyone into hiding so they don't stand up and fight against you, that's peace. But in Hebrew thought, peace is actually a presence of holistic well-being. It includes things like prosperity, blessing, happiness. It's a presence of the fullness and blessing and things being exactly the way they're supposed to be in the world. 
If you're gonna have this kind of true holistic peace, you actually can't have those threats and violence that Putin peace requires. And that's the type of kingdom that this baby born on Christmas came to bring, a government of, of peace, holistic well-being. And so we can see this baby, he guides us. He's a wonderful counselor. He protects us. He's the mighty God. He cares for us. He's the everlasting father. He brings us wholeness as the prince of peace. I mean, isn't that the life that you've always wanted to have all those things? If you had those things, isn't that a way of, of living that even if you were stuck in this broken world, knowing that you have someone who's caring for you in these ways, doesn't that give you the strength to endure through the brokenness of our world? So how do we make these things ours? How do we make Christmas ours? And again, the answer is in the first two lines of the passage. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. This baby is a gift. It's given to us. And so the key to making Christmas and all its promises yours is simply to receive the gift. You can't do anything to earn it. Because as we've already seen, we are all contributing to the brokenness of the world. We are all part of the problem. Yes, we're victims of the brokenness of the world, but we're also perpetrators. We've acted in ways that make the world worse, not better. We've pushed others down so we could climb on their backs and get ourselves ahead. Maybe in small ways, maybe in big ways, but we've all done it. And if God really cares for people, like the Bible says he does, if God really fights for the oppressed, like the Bible says he does, then his love and his care, it has to extend not only to us, but also to the people that we've used and the people we've taken advantage of and the people we've pushed down to get ourselves ahead. His justice requires that we're repaid for what we've done because we've hurt and oppressed the people that he loves. So is there any hope for us to get the blessings promised in this passage? Yes, because what does this baby do that's so revolutionary in fixing the world's problems? Well, we see in verse seven that he will reign with justice and with righteousness. Justice is giving people their due. It, it, it's positive and negative. So if someone breaks the law and deserves justice in terms of some type of consequence, it's that. But if someone's oppressed and they're kept from the things that they deserve, it's giving them their rights. So it's positive and negative. It's stepping in to fix and correct the things that have gone wrong in the system. And since we're part of the problem, since we have contributed to the brokenness, God ruling with justice means on some level we need to face that justice, but he also rules with righteousness. Righteousness is about having right relationships, is living in such a way that if everyone lives this way all the time, you never need that justice because there's never anything broken that needs to be corrected. There's a theologian named Bruce Waltke, and he says this, about righteousness. The righteous are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community. The wicked 
are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. I'll read that one more time. This is what it means to live with righteousness. The righteous are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community. The wicked are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. And this is where the gift of Christmas becomes so shocking because like we've already seen, all of us are willing in some way to disadvantage those around us if it helps advantage ourselves. But Jesus, this baby who was promised here, who was born on Christmas, he does the opposite. He was willing to disadvantage himself for the sake of the community. He lived perfectly. He never contributed to the brokenness of the world. He, he didn't need to face justice, but he died. He faced the justice that you and I deserved. He disadvantaged himself facing God's justice so that God's justice towards us can be satisfied and you and I can walk free. He disadvantaged himself so you and I can be advantaged. That's the ultimate gift that you and I are invited to receive this Christmas. The forgiveness available to us through the death of this baby and the new life that he makes available to us. A new life of of peace, a new life that sets us free like Jesus to disadvantage ourselves in order to advantage those around us, to truly be part of the solution to the world's problems. So I want to ask you today, have you received this gift? If you have, are you living in a way that, that shows that you really treasure it as a priceless gift? Are you letting it transform you into someone who, like Jesus, is willing to disadvantage yourself in order to advantage the people around you? Who can you show that kind of love for this week? And if you haven't received this gift, would you like to receive it today? If so, you're welcome to come find me after service, come find Les, who's been on guitar today after service, or Colin, he's back here. We'd love to talk with you about it more, about what it means to receive this gift, how to receive this gift. Uh, but it's an awesome gift, the gift of Christmas that heals the brokenness of our world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of Christmas, for the gift of this baby, who's the wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, who comes to heal the brokenness of our world. God, forgive us for the ways that we've contributed to that brokenness. Forgive us for the ways that we've disadvantaged others so that we can put ourselves ahead. Teach us to trust in Jesus and become like him, to become people who are willing to disadvantage ourselves in order to advantage others and truly bring peace and healing to our world. In Jesus' name, amen. As the band comes up to lead us in our closing songs, I want to invite you to take 60 seconds to turn to the person next to you and share one takeaway from today's sermon that you can incorporate into your life this week.
invite all of us to stand again as we sing this next song in response. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for Jesus this morning. God, we want to acknowledge that when you sent your son, Jesus, that you exercised, um, that you showed your love, and you sent us not just a savior, but you sent us a king, a king, king of kings and lord of, lord of lords. So we want to just surrender to you this morning, Lord. We want to surrender our, our worries. We want to surrender our insecurities. We want to surrender our Addictions, we want to surrender our feelings of helplessness. We want to surrender our lives to you this morning, God. We want to say, Lord, that you are King of Kings, you are Lord of Lords, you are King over our circumstances, you are King over our homes, over our families. King here in Hong Kong. Here I am, humbled by your majesty, covered by your grace so free. Here I I'm a sinful man Covered by the blood of the Lamb Now I found The greatest love of all His rise Since you laid down your life The greatest sacrifice this morning. Majesty, Majesty, Your grace is found me just as I am. Empty-handed but alive in Your
his love of all his mind since you laid down your life greatest sacrifice Thanks for joining us today. We have a couple announcements as we wrap up together. First, if you're a regular here at the bridge, we encourage you to be involved financially in what God is doing here. We have our offering box on the back table. If you're a guest, we're not asking for your money, but if it's your first time here, we have some connect cards on the table. We would love it if you could fill one of those out, let us know who you are, and we'd be able to get in touch with you this week and let, us get to know, uh, let you get to know us a bit better. We also, our kids' ministry has prepared some gift bags on the back table. Uh, you're welcome to take one per family on your way out. Next Sunday, do not show up here. Where are we showing up next Sunday? Not here. We're showing up in Discovery Bay. We don't have access to this venue on holidays. So for Christmas next week, we're doing a combined service with Discovery Bay International Church. I think we have a flyer that we could put up on the screens if you need to take a photo to get details. Um, we will have a shuttle bus available. I think most of you have sign-up details for that. If you want details for the shuttle bus, uh, just get in touch with me and I'm happy to share them with you. Um, notice that the service there starts earlier than service here. So you'll have to leave early because it's a longer commute and because it's an earlier service time. So just want you guys to be aware of that. I'm really excited for it. I think it's gonna be a great time together next Sunday in Discovery Bay. The Sunday after is New Year's, so that's also a public holiday. So we will also be not here. Uh, on January 1st, bundle up, because we're doing a beach baptism in Moiwo. It's gonna be chilly, but it's gonna be fun. Um, we're going to meet, if you know the Moiwo beach area, we're going to meet on the sand in front of the no-name store. Um, so we'll be there around 10.15, 10.30. We'll gather as people, I'm sure, arrive gradually from Tung Chung. And we'll do a beach baptism on January 1st. 
One other announcement. This Wednesday at 1 p.m., we will have a bridge youth gathering at Justine and my flat. All the teens are welcome to come and join us for that. And let us know if you're coming so we have enough food ready. Let me close us with a benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. See you next Sunday in Discovery Bay. Merry Christmas.